everyone, Mike here. Welcome to the Around the Crease podcast. This is episode 55, and as usual, we have another great one. This week, we bring in another guest. We have John Lancey. He's the head coach at Durham Academy out of North Carolina, but he is also the organizer of a fantastic event. You've probably heard of it. It is the Brian King of Spring. This is one of those events that kind of signals the kickoff of the high school lacrosse season. Now, I know some schools and states have already started their season, but this brings a lot of schools, including some MIAA schools from Maryland. They bring in schools from Texas. Of course, they have North Carolina schools, but there's Virginia schools, there's Georgia schools. This is a phenomenal event that brings teams literally from around the country into the Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill area of North Carolina. And for three days, they just go after it and kind of really signal the start of the high school lacrosse season. I've attended this event several times in the past, and it is a phenomenal event. But in the recent years, they've also added an extra component, which is raising money for charities. And you're going to hear a lot more about that as we talk to Coach Lancey. But basically, these teams try to raise money, and whichever team raises the most money, they basically take the entire pot and they give it to the charity of their choice back into their community. So this is a phenomenal event for a number of reasons, but it's probably, as you'll hear, most worthy because of the charity raising event. And I know several teams are very excited about it. In fact, I have two teams taking over the Lax Records Instagram account, shameless plug, at Lax Records. Middle Creek and Paul the Six will be taking over that Instagram account next week to kind of give you a behind the scenes and an inside look at the Brian King of Spring. But before we get into the show with Coach Lancey, we're going to do a quick sponsor break and then we're going to get right into it. Coach Lancey runs the Brian King of Spring event down in North Carolina every year. And I think it was, what, 2010, 2011? I think it was like your guys' second year um, when I first went, when I was back with ESPN. And fantastic event. And you guys just – and what kind of – I know you guys raise money now. And just to refresh my memory, what what are you guys raising money for? Uh, We're in our fourth year partnering with uh, the folks at the Verse Cancer Foundation um, for – raising funds for pediatric <clears throat> cancer centers and research uh, for, you know, fight against pediatric cancer uh-huh. and supporting patients in the hospital setting. So, Okay. And all the teams raise money for this cause as well, correct? Correct. Yep. Yeah. It's been a great ad. I mean, we, <clears throat> you know, we have upwards of 40 teams. Every team designates a uh, local pediatric cancer center that they want to support. And the team that raises the most money takes the entire amount raised by the tournament back to their community. So last year, uh, the Hill Academy guys raised the most money, and they took a check for $75,000 back to the Sick Kids Hospital in, in wow. Toronto. So hopefully our goal is to raise $90,000. We're a couple weeks out. I think we're at like 25000 right now. Last year, there was a, a great kind of push at the end uh, to raise yeah. a whole load of money. So it's exciting. I mean, the I tell the guys, the best win you'll get this that weekend is the win before we play. That would be uh, winning the fundraising battle. Yeah, it's nice to have that competition off the field before anybody else actually gets there because obviously that's that's the greater cause. So it's a it's a fantastic thing you guys do there. That's one of the things I love about love about the event. Um, but I think we might have jumped the gun a little bit because uh, anybody who's watching this may not know what the Brian King of Spring is. So why don't you kind of give us a little bit of a background on what the event is? Well, I, I, th- I think, I mean, I'm not sure, but, you know, I think right now it's evolved into the largest regular season, inter- intersectional regular season high school lacrosse event in the country. 
Uh, the unique thing is they're all regular season games. Uh, teams hail from nine states in Canada. Um, I believe we have seven reigning state champions uh, in the event again this year, a bunch of nationally ranked teams. And, you know, it's fairly unique to have, um, you know, the non-Hotbed area powers versus some of the traditional powers. I think people love the intrigue of Calvert Hall versus Memphis University School or in the past, the best, you know, the Highland Parks versus McDonough or whoever. So, you know, um, those guys have been great supporting the event over the years. You know, Calvert Hall, I think, is in there like seven straight year at the event. Yeah. Um, you know, McDonough does it every other year. We've had Malvern prep down over the years. Um, you know, so they, those guys have done a great job supporting the event on uh, little practice and tough games. You know, <laughs> yeah, for those MIA schools, it's usually like I think Calvert Hall, it's usually one among their first couple games of the year when they head down there. It is their first couple games, you know, and it's kind of lose-lose for those guys. So I always appreciate <laughs> them coming down because, um, you know, they got – Everybody's gone in for him, and it's good lacrosse, and the opportunity to lose is there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, way back way when we first started, if you recall, M- M- uh, Macaulay had beaten Mc- mm-hmm. uh, when they were ranked like fifth in the country. That was a huge upset. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that Macaulay school, they went out. I think they had, that was the year they went and played Landon, too, and they gave Landon a pretty good game that year. They had a really good team um, that year. I think it was a couple years after Troy's son had graduated, but they had some they had some pretty good talent on those teams. Um, back then but yeah i remember seeing calvert hall in highland park i think it was the first game of that event that i've that i had ever seen i still have the photos from that from that game it was a fa- i remember it being a fantastic game and those guys from texas were they were excited to play calvert hall so it was something for them as well to be able to go to north carolina and play an mia school with obviously legendary coach <laughs> yeah no and you, you know ryan brown was in that game now he's like the best player in the world and he was in that high school game you know so uh yeah, a lot of great players have rolled in and out of here over the years. And, um, you know, uh, Tyler Pace, remember when he played up in that yeah. one school in Virginia was here. And, you know, some of these guys are like not household names, but the collegiate level, like, wow. You know, we saw that guy running around on a high school field for a couple of years, and uh, he's pretty yeah. – so, um, yeah, so, so the event has really kind of evolved, though, as you know, Mike. I mean, it was uh, – yeah. Uh, um, just kind of born out of me not wanting to travel with my guys and calling. No, it's the truth. I mean, I, and I knew I'd been a long time college coach and knew a lot of guys had traveled at spring break and, uh, Andy Hillgarder McDonough and I were college teammates and, uh, Derek Thompson was a Duke alum who I knew well at Highland park. And we just say, you guys want to take a spring trip to Durham? And they're like, sure. And it was like Charlotte country day and coach Tuma came up and, Norfolk Academy and Tom Duquette and those guys, they'd always played. So we yep. kind of met here and it was fun and uh, was easy. And some guys like, Hey, that was good. It was inexpensive. And they wanted to come back and some teams wanted to play them. And they were like, Hey, we're going back to Durham. Why don't you call John? And I'm not very good at saying no. And uh, <laughs> six teams to 40 teams pretty quickly. And uh, you know, we've gotten some great support in Durham at the Durham sports commission, which was founded three years ago. has gotten behind it. gives us uh, oh. Um, a bunch of money to help support the event uh, on the logistics side. Nobody, We don't charge a fee to be in it. There's no entry fee to participate. Um, you know, I, I love that about the event. You know, there's nobody's making money. It's not about that. It's just about really good competition. It does great things for communities, does great things for Durham. And, um, you know, we try and put our best foot forward every year. So, you know, yeah. it's been fun. And speak. Speaking of this year, I haven't seen the lineup. I know a couple teams because I've talked to a couple coaches that are in it, but who's – and I know you got 40, so we're not going to mention them all, but who are some of the – maybe the bigger names, the five or six teams that you know people will be like, oh, you know, those you teams know, are coming. Lam- Lambert will be back out of Atlanta. You know, Calvert Hall's 
participating again, you know, Memphis University schools, defending state champs, um, Wando, uh, South Carolina has had a great run the last few years, defending state champs in South Carolina. Um, all the North Carolina defending state champs are participating, uh, Lake Norman High School, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all the privates in our area participate as well. Middle Creek has been great. Um, you know, all those Virginia private schools, St. Anne's Belfield, Paul VI, uh, Stab, Norfolk Academy, uh, St. Christopher's is participating this year as part of the event for the first time ever. Um, yeah, great lineup. Kiski out of Pittsburgh, um, the Hill Academy younger team. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, you know, so we've got a lot of teams that have been here a lot of years in a row. So it's fun. A lot of yeah. matchups that are happening. You know, Norfolk Academy and Hill played the first Thursday night game for like six straight years. And it's a, it's a great yeah. game. It's kind of a bit of a robbery and yeah. fun to watch. And and obviously, a rival were really born of this event because <laughs> yeah, no. that, that's not teams that would normally meet. Yeah, we never play each other otherwise. And, you know, the, the Virginia Independent Schools have really kind of made this a destination. And they knock out some in-state games. It's a bit like North Carolina. They do a lot of travel to play regular season games spread out over the state of Virginia. So yeah. Paul VI in particular tries to knock out playing Cape Henry Collegiate or Norfolk Academy or those kind of guys. So seeing some big, you know, important regular season games for their state played here on a neutral site, which is which is unique. So Yeah. And for anybody who watching or listening to this, if you need any other reason to kind of pay attention, you got Lambert who's riding twenty four game winning streak, which is the longest winning streak in the southeast region. Connor Schellenberger with St. Anne's Billfields, the number one recruit in the nation according to Inside Lacrosse. Calvert Hall is looking to do something that no team in the MIA has done, I think, since like 87, um, which is when three straight MIA titles. So they're coming off back to back. So, I mean, there's plenty of other, and that, that's just what I know about. Um, and obviously, PVI coming off, um, their Coach Waters coming off his first VISAA title. I mean, right. there's storylines all over the field. Like, even if you don't, you know, follow one particular team, there's a lot going on down there that people should be paying attention to. And I'd love to see how it's grown. Um, and my goal is to get back next year because I've been, I've had a couple, I think one of your assistants, Eric Thompson, he always tells me, he's like, you got to get back, you got to get back. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to get back one year. Moving to Chicago made it a little bit more yeah, difficult because right. it used to be a drive from Maryland. <laughs> it's well, a little bit harder to get there. better than Chicago, Mike. So we've had some interesting weather weekends over there. You never know what you're going to get in North Carolina this time of the year. So it could be 70, could be snowing in 32. So we're, we're praying, keeping our fingers crossed for something, uh, at least in the middle. Yeah, I remember that the first year I didn't know I had didn't know how to pack because it was supposed to be like high sixties, low seventies during the day. And I remember that was when I saw Calvert Hall and um, Highland Park. And then at the Durham Academy Stadium after dark, I was watching Charlotte Country Day and Memphis University School. And I remember me and Coach um, oh, who's the uh, not Coach Thompson, uh, it was the St. Mark's coach. I'm drawing a blank at this time. Um, Legendary coach. He's all-time winning as coach. Tech. Okay, but we sat in the press box. We were the only two people in the press box sitting <laughs> there talking lacrosse and watching the teams play because it was so cold. We we're like, and I was he was coming from Texas, so he was really cold. <laughs> I'm from Buffalo, man. I know how to layer up, bud. You can, uh, yeah. You can always take it off. You can't wear it. You yeah. can't wear it. So I'm, I'm good at that. I'm good at layering up. Yeah, so, there you go. So, um, and uh, if you don't mind, like maybe if you could send me the line, I'm sure you have the some of the teams, and I'll put it uh, link so everybody can kind of see the teams and maybe the matchups uh, as well. Because that's that'd be great. You can write it, update the website. You know, the 
King of Spring, wax.com website has all that. And they track, um, you know, Damien Hall does that for us, who does the okay. uh, triangle.com. He, he yeah. runs our website. And um, so we'll keep that updated as we go the best we can. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to a good weekend. I literally, I just have my eyes glued to the weather channel. I'm like, please. <laughs> There's some weird weather kind of predicted. I'm like, oh, come on, please don't do that. Yeah, yeah. That's it. This time of year, that's you, you, it's flip a coin at this when you point. We a storm on Friday. Teams couldn't get their flights in. We had to recenter the whole schedule on Friday. Everybody got a game. It was it was crazy. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I love the, the collegiality of the guys. We're just true pros in the profession of high school coaching. I, I think that the one thing for me, somebody's coached at, at all different levels – the highest level, you know, I, I really love um, the true teacher coach model. And in most of these places, that's the guys who come back appreciate great competition for what it's worth in the yeah. development of their kids and the, the idea of service and bigger things and messages to talk to your kids and the context of team through that. Um, I love that. I love the kids getting to meet one another. I love getting to meet new coaches, reconnecting with guys that. Uh, become great friends over the years and great resources for each other when we're we have tough moments i mean this this network has really helped all of us support one another over the years so uh yeah i love that part of it for me personally that's why that's why i keep yeah. doing it because it's a labor of love my wife's always like what are we doing it's right can't we go somewhere what, what are we doing? She's like, do we have to be doing this i'm like no yeah. uh you know every year uh you know i find myself right back doing it again i'm like oh goodness gracious i mean and uh, once the, the teams get here and the coaches get here, I'm like, this is why I do it. You know? Yeah, so. I'm sure it's probably one of those things. Like you might not, you might have started so you didn't have to travel, but now it's probably you probably disappoint a lot of teams if you decided like I can't do it this year. Like there, some someone would probably end up being like, you know what, we'll help out this year. Oh, no, <laughs> like, it's, it's true. It's become huge. There's some guilt that way. I'm like, man, some guys just kind of built into what they do for building their team out for this spring. I'm like, man, kind of obligated <laughs> right now to keep it going at some level. So yeah. Um, yeah, and I still got a little energy. I'm still a relatively young guy, so I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> I still got enough energy to keep it going. So one of these days I won't have enough, but right now that's not it. So, all right. Sounds great. Uh, before we let you go, I'll see if Michael has any, any questions or anything he's always curious about, um, before we let you go. Actually, I do. Uh, I was talking to some people about other sort of, uh, interstate tournaments today and, uh, they had some problems with the athletic departments or the state sanctioned to go over state lines. Has there been any problems with that? How has that been worked out or is it not even an issue? No, um, it, it has initially when you start, when you hit a certain threshold, um, if you're, you have non border States, like states that border one another have different rules and states that don't. So once you get more than four States involved in an event, you need national federation of high school sanctioning. Um, but for like the MIA, for the North Carolina independent schools, for some of these, we're not, we're affiliate members of the, the national federation, not full members. So it doesn't matter for us, but it does for every public school program and the Atlanta schools. The one thing we've had to, to massage over the years, it's not a tournament setting, right? I mean, you, we preset the matchup. So there are a list of, we've had to work through that. Um, at the state level and just say, don't worry about it. You will not play a team that's on the list. There are schools in the event that are on the list for the Georgia State Association that they can't play, um, but they won't play them. You know? So we've had the massage that way. When it first happened, we had to reconfigure a couple matchups because shockingly, we were like, wow, that school's on the list? Like the Virginia Independent Schools, so they have some boarding schools. And 
some other things yeah. that Georgia schools do not allow them to play. So um, yeah. we had Lambert scheduled to play stab. I think one year we had to change that in the 12th hour or whatever. So I, we, we all know the rules now. and We all going in kind of talk to our athletic directors and get support ahead of time. So uh, it, it was an issue at one point. It has not been an issue the last few years. But we are a National Federation High School sanctioned event, and it does go to each state sanctioning body to be approved. So. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I'm not two hours ago talking about sort of something happening like this, and it's been in the problem with the sanctioning and all that. So I just want to see how you got around it or worked it out. So it gives me hope that it could be done in other places, because I love the idea of what you're doing, and I love the idea of raising money for a yeah. great cause and having great lacrosse at the same time. I mean, what could beat it? So it's a model for other people who want to try something like this in different areas of the country, it's really a it's really a, a thing that you've started, and I think it could encourage a lot more people to do the same. So I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I mean, there's some, there's some guys out there, you know, like the Philly area, the, the, the you know those traditional powers try and lock horns and do some things over the course of a day at a smaller scale. But um, you know, uh, like I said, this thing is just unique in the fact that it's uh, it, it just takes some teams from all over the place. You know, I mean, it's uh, yeah. you know and. It's easy, and I always I always respect those top tier programs that are willing to participate and ask and want to be part of it. Um, you know, Coach Bates this year it didn't work out, but he's like, you know, love to get down there, John. He and I are longtime friends during our college coaching days, and you know, to know that it's easy to go play Haverford and McDonough because you know, you win, you lose, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, somebody, you know, if you're Malvern Prep and you come down and play Cardinal Gibbons High School and you lose, you know. They'd rather go play those games or some element of some coaches that don't want to stretch and put their kids in a situation where that could happen. And yeah. these guys, you know, I love Coach Kelly. Brian's like, hey, man, we'll, we'll take him on. And, hey, man, we could lose. Whatever. You know, and yeah. to learn from that. And, you know, they're not trying to win some mythical whatever. They're just trying to build teams for the long term. Which is, these are kind of like pro league games, right? They're not impacting your big picture goals. Yeah. Help you be a better team for what you want to do at the end, which is, you know, win your league and win your state championship. And all the teams in this tournament have aspirations of that, you know, and some years were a little better than others, you know, but, um, you know, and everybody works out. There's some years where the games get pretty lopsided and the sportsmanship piece is always in play. You know, it's always in play. We've never had somebody come and say, can't believe those guys did that to us. You know, BK, I'll be like, hey, man, my backups don't play a ton. You know, we got a we got a you know pretty heavy schedule and an opportunity to get the kids in there and, and do the right thing, and that's what I like. I said that's what I love about it. I, I think that in the, in the world right now, and this is just me on my soapbox in a, in a public forum, but you know, the, the high school community is so undervalued. The coaches, it is. You know the you know I've been involved in the U19 process, and they've they've pushed away the high school coaches out of that process. U.S. Lacrosse. You know, somehow we're not qualified to coach the U19 team anymore. It has to be college guys, and they got to pick the team. And, you know, the, the club thing and college coaches don't call the high school guys anymore, and they rely on these things. And, you know, the thing about these guys, most of these programs, we just don't care. Like, none of these guys need a pat on the back. Nobody needs to be said, hey, you're awesome or whatever. We just do it because we know we're developing kids. We know that we're making an impact long-term for them. We know that something like this – gives a lasting impression for something more than just yourself. And I love all these guys for that. Um, I love 
that somebody, at least you guys are willing to put it out there and say that something good is going on, though we don't really care, but it's great to have it out there. No, it's true. I mean, um, everybody's like, oh, publicity, this. I'm like, not one kid cares about that, or coach. We're here just to play some good lacrosse games, and any coverage we get is great. But, um, you know, I, I love that about the event, and I do stand on the soapbox for great high school coaches that are involved in kids' lives in a meaningful way. And I say all the time, the scholastic model, the eight hours a day matter for the two hours a day. You know, yeah. in an environment, it doesn't. You know, they don't ask and they don't want to know. They kind of pretend, but they don't. If you're a high school kid and you're not holding up your end of the deal during school all day, you got to answer for yourself at the end of the day. And yeah. it impacts your ability to do what you want to do if you don't do what you have to do. Yeah. Those messages are, you know, lacking in society. And we're one of the last <laughs> bastions of places where accountability matters and, you know, sometimes you got to try and be the best individual you can be amongst this framework of, you know, that you're given to be part of a team. And, you know, for me, who's been on a team in some form or fashion since I've been nine, I've never had a year in my life that I've not been on a team as either a player or a coach or something. <laughs> and um, it's just such an important, and I had great coaches through my life, and that's part of the reason why I'm a coach and I keep giving back and, um any publicity we can give for, for great high school coaches and what they're doing for kids is uh, is money in the bank for me. So I'm appreciative. Yeah, well, avoid. I know for every year, like I think it was that, that first year, like I remember because I remember seeing uh, Coach Goldberg on the sideline. Uh, I think it was McDonough. I forget who McDonough was playing that year. I want, maybe one of the Charlotte schools. But it was one of the like, coach. He wasn't at St. Andrews anymore. Like he had that was right after he'd stepped away and. I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And he knows Andy Hilgartner at, was, uh, our, at McDonough. No, he was our college and, coach when I was at Michigan State. And Andy and yeah. Michigan State together. Jeff was our assistant when I was a senior. And Andy was a sophomore. So, And Jeff and he stayed close. And that's and he, yeah, yeah. St. Andrews, he was on the bus helping out. And I was like, yeah. same thing. I'm like, Jeff, I go, what's up? And he's like, what are you here? And he's like, I know he's. Got me on the bus. We're just hanging out. So yeah. uh, I was like, "Oh, you could do one of those little, you know, thread things that you know, just, yeah. uh, put well, put everybody together in the relationships and everything." Like you said, it's a tight knit community. Everybody supports each other. Yeah, as you know, lacrosse uh, that way um, is unique to a lot of sports. There's a lot of quality human beings out there doing good things yeah. for kids, and you know the just the, the nature of sport. It, it's changing, and you know the. Um, our game is changing for sure. You know, there's there you can't deny that the shift and you know youth and participation we've topped off. We got to make the important stuff important again to keep kids coming back to the game, wanting to play, and keep that growth curve going. So more kids get to have great experiences with great coaches and you know have an impact in a, in a positive way for their future. So I hope they give back. You know, so that's it's a cycle of it, right? So. Well, I can't speak highly enough of your guys' event because I said, like, I think it was the second year you guys were in existence. I attended, and the few years that I was able to get down there, it was a fantastic event. So if you're in that area, it is definitely worth going to check out some of the games, especially with the way it's grown. I mean, you have even more talented teams. And I know the kids love it because I remember watching Lambert play, and I was on the opposing team's sideline, and they were like, those Georgia kids are big. <laughs> it was what it was like. Those, those are, that was, they can play, man. That is a good yeah. school cross program. They come practice yeah. at our place every year, like on Thursday when they get in, and we do a little stuff with them. And, you know, my little private school guys with no football, we're like, oh, my God. They're like, look at the size of these guys. <laughs> bunch of 6'2", 210-pound guys. And, uh, yeah, there was a, still, I think there was a couple linemen at that Lambert team because that was I think they were in the middle of their like forty eight game winning streak and they were down and they like I remember one kid laid some kid out in front of me and I'm like oh he's 
was like, he's got to be a football player. Just reminded that it's great players everywhere, man. You can, you know, the stick yep. is a great equalizer. Everybody's got a brick wall and you can be a player yeah. if you want to be a player, man. If you, there's, there's kids everywhere that got desire and skill and ability and, you know, when those kids show up at the games, they don't care who they're playing against. They want to win, you know? So, yeah. um, so I love that, man. Competition is the root of everything, right? And kids rise up yeah. and do better than you thought and overachieve and get, put them in a moment where they're stretched and you'd be amazed what can happen, man. They're, they can be, yeah. you know, and we've seen some great moments like that. It's been some awesome lacrosse over the years. So many one goal games, overtime games, it's great. Yeah competition and um you know coaches and kids hugging afterwards like wow man i didn't know you guys could play like that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah then, so we'll, we'll let you go but what uh, when what are the dates when when is it running before we let you go first game is thursday march 7th so we kick off the hill academy norfolk academy game over durham county stadium then you know duke uh, loyola play thursday night uh whole slew of games on friday um we're doing a team thing over at the carolina maris game you know coach brushy is part of the reason why we're tied to the verse cancer folks. Um, the guy who founded that was a former Carolina baseball player who had brain cancer as a player at Carolina ended his career. Um, Chase Jones, great guy. Uh, when I started the event, Joe was like, Hey John, you should hook up with this guy. He's, he's pretty passionate. You're going to love him. So we went out and had lunch, took all about five seconds to talk to this guy to know like, man, you want to be with these people. Like this guy was impressive. And, yeah. uh, you know, a team, you know, he's an athlete, high level athlete put his two passions together is fight against cancer and team sports and put a platform together for kids to make an impact on their community. And so we're going to do a verse can they're doing their verse cancer game. Uh, Lacrosse is really involved in verse cancer. So their game is going to be the verse cancer game. All the teams are going to the game. Um, It's going to be a really fun night, a bunch of games on Saturday again, and then three games on Sunday. And um, this year, you know, fortunately for me, it's over on Sunday, usually extend (laughs) Tuesday, but um, I'm going to hit the road with my daughter for some college visit. She's a sophomore, so we got to go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> get in the car and go. She's a field hockey yeah. player, good field hockey player. So you get, a little, you get a little bit of a spring break. You know, it's business and, you know, mix it in. <laughs> Riding around with your daughter is a good thing as well. So, yeah, there you go. School, so, yeah, it's all good. But All right, Coach. Well, we'll let you go. I appreciate you making some time. And like I said, anybody who's in that area, definitely go check out those games because it is a high quality tournament and you're going to see some fantastic lacrosse. And, Early March. <laughs> They're all free. No admission share. They're all free. There, so, there you go. Come on, I'm watching lacrosse. Yep. All right. All right, Coach. Thank you very much. You have a good one. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Coach. All right. Yep. Bye. All right, so this week we obviously just talked with Coach Lancey at Durham Academy, and he did mention the, the term sportsmanship and how, how great it is, and that just kind of made me think of just the term overall and – um, some, I don't know how I want to really want to put it, some back and forth um, that I've had, not just on uh, social media and email uh, this year, but in previous years, because obviously with some of the lists, like obviously the the way I keep them as far as like records and most points and uh, most goals and things like that, like some people have opinions, rightly so. Everybody's allowed to have an opinion on it. Um, but I thought it'd be good to just kind of have a, you know, discussion on some of the stuff and like kind of couches like almost sportsmanship, like at what point, I guess is enough enough. Um, so the I'm going to save the the most goals in a game by a team. We'll save that for last because I know that's always a controversial <laughs> subject. So if you're tuning in for that, you're going to have to wait for that one. But um, the one of the lists that I always find interesting is like I'm always curious about the most points in a game. 
Um, and if you ask, like, of all the lists that I keep, why is it that one? It's because the record is 21. Um, and with as many goals that get scored now and the level of talent that we have now, that record was set in 1961. And, like, the a couple players have come close at 19, um, but that hasn't happened that frequently. So, like, for me as someone, I'm like, you know, people talk about, you know, the sportsmanship angle and maybe we should bench the kid and not let him do that and stuff like that. I'm looking at this, I'm like, that, that was 1961. Like, that's not a new record. That's not something that, you know, just happened. Like, that goes back years and years. Um, so, I, for me, I find that interesting, and I have opinions, but I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, no, I actually, I, it, there's so many different levels of nuances to this thing. Okay, yes, I, right. have, I have to preface this first so everyone knows where I come from. I think I told you this the other day. I'm a Miami Hurricanes football fan, uh-huh. and I love Jimmy Johnson, and he would step on their throats. And he said, it's not my fault that I scored all those points. You're supposed to stop me, and you didn't. Um, so I think you know where I'm going with this after that. Now, that being said, like I loved when he ran it up on Notre Dame in Jerry Faust's last game. I loved it. Yeah. Notre Dame fans crying and saying, oh, my God, I'm, just look at Notre Dame's records when they used to blow up teams. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Now, if he did that against, like, a, you know, a one A team at the time or something, then I don't. If it's an if it's an apples and apples game, you're playing your rival. Yeah. And you just keep blasting them, fine. If you're playing a team that's obviously not as talented and you're just padding stats, then I have a problem. Yeah. I'm not – I don't like padded stats. I – I can see a kid score 20 goals in a game against a bad team and then score one against a good team, and I'd say that's the more important one. Right. And I, I'm kind of of that of that same mindset. And I look at it this way, and, like, and a lot of the games, like, and I, I don't know, because a lot of times, like, there's, I guess, because of my position and what I do, like, I know information that doesn't necessarily get shared out because, honestly, some of it's kind of unimportant. And because I run a stats-based site, you know, I have a kid, and, like, he might score, like, I, you know, I'll use this as an example because it happened this season, but Eric Molliver, um, he, I had him on the podcast last week, um, and he scored after that, I think he scored, I want to say it was 17 points um, in a game. It might not have been quite that many, but it, it, enough, like double digits in the teens, and, but he sat out the fourth quarter. Now, I didn't necessarily publish that he sat out the fourth quarter, but to me, I'm like, all right, you know, the coach, like, and I'm, I'm like, all right, that's what they did like that's fine and there's other there's that other part of me and I'm I will also have to preface this I played baseball growing up and it was not very good but I love the sport um I got hit a lot because I realized like I crowded the plate and I'm like oh I can get on base <laughs> if I just kind of lean into it a little bit um but I remember we played our team because we weren't great we had to play an all-day tournament and we lost our first game which meant we had to play every game from eight o'clock in the morning until we lost our second game of the day and we kept winning. And it got to 8 o'clock at night and we're still playing. And this is North Carolina in July because it was a summer team. And it's, you know, 98 degrees and we're all, all sweating. And we were getting obliterated. Like, I mean, they have a 10-run rule and guys on our team were literally going around. He was like, don't, don't even, he's like, don't even swing. Just, we just want to go home. Like, kids were quitting. And the coach called a timeout. And this is what it always has stuck with me. And he was like, we are not, he's like, I'm not being a bunch of part of players who are just going to quit. He was like, if you just want to quit, he's like, you can leave right now. You're not going to be part of my team. He's like, you're going to fight until the very end. He was like, if we just want to quit, he's like, we're just going to quit. He's like, but I'm not a quitter. 
And he was like, it is our job. It basically said the same thing. It's like, it's our job to keep them from scoring. It's not their job to keep them to stop scoring. It was like, those players are playing their hardest. I expect you to play your hardest. And that's just kind of always stuck with me. So when I look at some of these lists, and I'm kind of like you, and I guess maybe this is the better segue into the most goals in a game, like, and I've had these conversations with coaches, you know, at some point it's like, you tell your, you want to tell your kids, like, you want to do your best. You always try your best. You always try your hardest. But then, but not now. <laughs> now you want to you slow down. You can't, you can't do that to them. You don't play at your top level. Like, take it easy. Let the foot off, you know, take the foot off the break. And to me, that's kind of a mixed message. Like, if you want to bench them, like, all right, we're going to let our backup players, you know, have a, have a go. Like Coach Lancey said with, you know, Coach Kelly, like a lot of times, like some of those Calvert Hall players, again, it's early. It's they're still figuring their team out a lot of those a lot of those games early on but like i kind of see that at play like i see it from both perspectives when you're beating a team that obviously isn't as talented as you at what point do you say all right enough is enough but so you put your backups in what if your backups are just that much better you tell them like all right you never get to play and now you're going to tell them like all right you're in the game and but we you can't play your hardest at, at, I, what, that, at what point do you just all right? It's their job; they got to stop us. <laughs> that was the exact the, was the thing I brought up about uh, Jimmy Johnson to Miami when he, against Jerry Faust. I think it was Mike Francesa, Francesa, who's going crazy on the thing, saying this is just classless. And, and Jimmy Johnson, after the game, said, "Those were my third string players at the end of the game." Yeah. He's like, "What are you, am I going to run?" He's like, "I'm running the offense with my third stringers. They didn't stop my third stringers." Yeah. So. I, that's the that's the point. I go. I, I'm with you on that. Like, for example, again, where I saw something like this in person, uh, again at a youth level, it was my son's team went down to the Dicks NDP tournament in Florida, mm-hmm. the championship. Uh, teams from all over the country. Our team from Illinois had lost. Everyone thought they were great. Blah blah blah. We played Team 91 Orange Crush. Now, my son had been in West Islip playing in Long Island, playing with some of the kids. He warned all the kids on his team. He said, these kids pass behind their back with both hands. They're so good, you're not going to believe it. Everyone sort of ignored him. Well, they beat our team 20 to nothing. It was 18 to nothing or 16 to nothing at half. They started the second half of the game. Now, I'm standing next to a dad, and he, we both said the same thing. Are they going to keep – are they going to put another 18 on us? Right. And we said, you know, what would I do? Oh, I would pass this many times before I take a shot. Yeah. I would work on my game. They passed the ball 75 straight times. Didn't drop the ball. 75 times, it went around backwards, forwards, brother back. Like a mom from the other team came up and goes, I'm very sorry about this. And I said – this is incredible to watch. Yeah. This is great. This is great for our kids to see. Yeah. You don't think you're that good. They beat everyone in that tournament 20 to nothing. Yeah. They could have scored 60. They could right. have, whatever. So some people might have said, oh, you ran up the score 20 to nothing. I look at it as saying they didn't run up the score to 70 to nothing. Yeah, they could have scored 60. So, <laughs> and they could have scored at any time they wanted the ball. That was Brandon O'Neill, who's considered going to be the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Everyone was great. Yeah. So uh, I, at no point did I think any kid on our team or any parent on our team 
felt disrespected. Actually, I think we felt a little respected that that they did the same thing they did to everybody else. Right. Because um, they could have killed us, but they could have killed everyone else. Yeah. So I, I didn't think, but there's also been times when I've been on the other end on this same team from Illinois who was playing a travel program that's not at the level that our trip and put it on them. Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at the, staring at the coach across the way, you know, giving them this. They've had enough. We look yeah. like, you know, we look like idiots. Yeah. And I, I think that to your point, like a lot of it is how the other team and other coach, I guess, carries it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of like, if they're putting it on them and you can tell they're like, all right, it's, it, 20 to nothing we still got our first string in there and you know the kids are showboating and they're doing back behind the back goal like at that point it's like all right you're you're really rubbing it in and you know to me that speaks more of sportsmanship and i could still argue like well if you know they're going to do that get a little angry and stop them like it's a perfect time like all right they're going to do it you know they're going to you know they're not going to stop so you know, get a little angry and try and stop them and maybe smack them in the face and they don't do it anymore. Like to me, it's almost like, and I've had coaches tell me like we, they've been on both ends of those kind of games. And you're like, when you're on, he's like, when you're getting crushed and the team is down, he's like, it's a good opportunity for teach them, you know, not just a lesson about the game, but a life lesson. But like, you know, there's, cause I mean, you, you came from a world, I don't want to make assumptions cause we've never talked about it, but I'm like, you came from a, uh, you know, probably, you know, at least from, if you watch all the movies and movies like wall street and stuff like that, it's a cut cutthroat world. Like I'm sure people oh, didn't yeah. like, they didn't take it easy on you. If you're having a bad day or if they were beaten, you're like not taking it easy on you. Like the world is not going to let up a little bit. And no. coaches have told me that. And they're like, you know, like we try to tell the kids, like, you know, this is just a game. You're getting crushed now, but how you react to what's happening now you will carry with you when you become a man and you get out of college and stuff like that. Like this is the kind of moment where it's like you kind of decide on who you're going to be when you grow up. Like, cause right now it's just a game. We have another one. You'll move on this in grand scheme. This particular game means nothing other than just a score on the thing. But you know how you react to that can speak volumes and kind of carry you throughout life. Like it's just one of those. Uh, and that's what coaches have told me like per, personally when i've played on teams and just when i've talked to coaches about the various you know things that they're teaching the kids and i'm like you know i i see it from both sides i don't really necessarily i guess i do have an opinion i i really kind of stick with you on you know you the team plays the up to their ability and you know i, I was actually trying to think about like what what would i do to fix it and to me covering having covered football for so many years like at a certain point there's the running clock the you know the the opposing team, like if they get up and I forget what it is in Maryland, I think it's like thirty by the third quarter, midway through the third quarter. If the team's up by like twenty or thirty, it's just running clock. Clock does not stop, um, and that kind of I gotta say fixes it. It just gets it over with quicker. But you know, teams still they're still playing. The teams are still playing. They're still like, and that seems to lessen a little bit. Does it keep the score down? No. Like I've seen. Teams out of Damascus beat teams like sixty to three, like they have the running clock by the half, and I've seen guys like they'll just run the ball and they'll still break off a sixty-yard touchdown and like, and I know we've seen guys in the NFL that take a knee at the goal line and I'm like, well, it's third quarter, 
I'm not going to just sit on it for another quarter and no. a half. Like, and, just like and, they're going to score. It's like, that's also a different animal in the football. You yeah. know, it's a six point, six point, six point, six points. Right. Um, as opposed to each goal is right. a point. Now, Another thing I look at is the demeanor of the other team. Yeah. Um, again, I've been on both sides of this. I've coached in situations like this where we are putting it on a team, and I slow it down. Now, which is going to be a problem when the when the shot clock comes into high school. That might make it different. Like, oh, my God, you got to score or just throw right. the ball away, which is worse. Well, I, I mean, I think it's sort of insulting to throw the ball away. Yeah. I, I mean, when you, know, you when you tell me the other team's just like seventy five straight passes, I'm like, I can see a situation where I'm like, all right, now you just is like, just I, I guess you're not showboating, but it's just like, all right, that's one not fun to watch, and how frustrated are the kids on the other team? Like, just just play, like. Well, the, the, <laughs> so Joe Spelina was the coach. Yeah. Of, who's the coach of the Long? Or now he's the general manager of the Long Island or New York Lizards. I think he's the women's head coach of Hofstra. His son was on the team. I yeah. mean, this team. I think every kid on that team is playing. Is going to go D one. Is playing D one. I yeah. think they're committed. Um, the seventy five passes weren't just around. Yeah, they were behind the head. They <laughs> went back. It was like a globetrotters thing. Yeah, but at but at no point, our team was still going after them. Yeah, our coach, our coach, who will be seeing this, um, said we couldn't even. Because he was like, knock them on their butt. Yeah. Knock them on their butt. He didn't say butt. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't get to them fast enough. They didn't have the ball. Like, if you hit somebody, it, it was a blatant penalty because the ball moved every two seconds. Yeah. So that was something special. Yeah. Uh, but I've been on the other side where, where I've been up big on a team as a coach. And I've slowed it down. And yeah. I've said to my team, slow it down. Yeah. I don't like doing well, then the other team got a little lippy, and you know, like a kid comes and cheap shots my kid. The the foot went back on the gas. Yeah. I said, crush him now. I yeah. said, now crush him, and demoralize him. That's me again. That might be my little trading, <laughs> and being on the floor of the board of trade. But if the other team is, you know, playing, so there's so many nuances to this. Yeah. I mean, rivalries. If you're beating a team that's been your rival and you're just killing them, can you stop? You know. I hate bad sportsmanship. I yeah. hate it. But I understand it goes along with my parents. When you have parents screaming in the sidelines, I hate it. Yeah. Uh, th- but it's it's not cut and dry. It's not black and white. It's all gray, like everything is. Yeah. And I don't think necessarily some of the scores that I'm looking at here on the screen, I I, I don't look at these and automatically assume bad sportsmanship, because right. there's so many different things that play into that. Um, you know, I've had, I've watched coaches, like, again, I'm going back, like, I guess I've seen it more in football cause I've never been on the sideline of too many blowouts in a lacrosse game. Um, but I remember I was at a football game and the opposing team coach, like the team was up, uh, by 30, the opposing team coach walked up to the other coach and he was like, you still he's like, don't bench your starters. He was like, this is amazing. He's like, our kids need to learn that, you know, they got to fight through this. And like, and we're not, he's like. No one. He's like people are not going to take it easy on them. And this was, this was a Prince George County school, and you know it wasn't you know lower income. Um, so I think the coach it was just like he was teaching his kids a broader lesson. Like the world's not easy. We're going to do it. He's like, do not take it easy on us. He's like, just keep playing. He was like, and the coach is like, okay, did make some of the parents in the stands happy, 
but the coach also told his kids, like, listen, like, we're not going to have them take it easy on us. Like, you're, like, you're making your choice right now what you're going to do. He's like, you're going to keep fighting. He's like, we're going to, he's like, we're going to lose this game. This game is over, but we have an opportunity to work on some things and try some things. He's like, cause we don't want this to happen again. So let's stop it. And the t- I, I was very impressed. Like the team, like they both played, but they played close after that. The team, like whether or not the coach told his kids, maybe, maybe some of the kids just decided like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to, you know, maybe some of the kids, but you know, from the game I saw, I'm like, the kids responded in a way that they were like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of getting knocked on my butt. Like I'm going to start hitting back a little bit and we're going to, we're going to keep in this. And it was like one of those things I was like, it was one of the more magical moments that I've seen. Cause you don't normally see that. And obviously those two coaches knew each other. They were friends. So it wasn't, you know, just random people, but like I've seen that in sports. And I think as we've talked, like sports gives opportunities like that, that some other areas don't like, I mean, I have friends that are in band, but you know, it's like, you don't really see that in, concert <laughs> like you don't get those opportunities <laughs> when you're in other extracurricular activities like sports gives kids the opportunity and coaches the opportunity to kind of teach some of these lessons that some kids may not learn until they get to college or outside of college or stuff like that i'm like listen like sometimes you're going to get punched in the mouth and how you respond really says a lot about you and i've well that that's that's uh, it's character yeah uh and what is uh, there's a saying that says you know your character you don't find your character when you're winning. You find your character when you're failing. Yeah. Um, how do you handle the failure? What do you learn from it? Like, I, 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 I've said this to you before. I think um, I ask my kids every day when they come home, what did you fail at today? Yeah. And if they say nothing, I go, well, you, what did you try then? Did you try anything? <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, I didn't. I said, okay. I said, but always try. Failure's not bad. Failure's good. Yeah. Um, if I curled up and died every Every time I failed at something, well, I wouldn't be here. So, uh, like, you know, yeah. like almost everything, there's there's two ways, three ways, ten ways to go about it. Yeah. Uh, I love that story that you just told. I think yeah. that's a heartwarming story. It's a great coach. That's a coach who who's worth more than anything you could pay him yeah. to teach kids life lessons. That's why I love the high school sports. Yeah. Because uh, col- college has become almost professional. So... I love the high school coach because I know ki- I I still remember the lessons I got from my high school coaches. Yeah, I've seen high school coaches. That's the that's the stuff that brings a tear to my eye. That's the stuff that makes me happy when you go, this guy gets it. Yeah, this guy gets it. Now there are other coaches who are just a holes and want to run up the score. Yes, and <laughs> be like, oh, I'm, I'm, we're going to show you how great our team is, and you're like, there's a whole other thought for him. Yeah, or her. Uh, so. I think everything has to be judged on its own. I know when you show those stats and people are like, oh, that's terrible, you don't know the situation. So to, yeah. to, to, to hold Hog say, oh, that's terrible, is, you know, short-sighted. Yeah. But then again, some people like to complain about anything. Like, well, you yeah. Know. And, I, I always, <laughs> and, you know, I think I, 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 I forget exactly how I put it, but someone like I, because I pro- – published that you know oh you know the record for most goals scored in a game and stuff like that and anybody who's listening it's 41 brother rice did it uh, a few years ago in 2017 um but usually when i post it on social like i never say who they beat like i just say like this team scored again from an earlier podcast like i always do the positive part like brother rice scored 41 goals it's not the other team gave them up it's a small distinction but to me it means a lot um 
but it was when it was like in they kind of pushed back on me a little bit because like you're basically promoting unsportsmanship play like because a team can get on this list by scoring 25 goals and blowing out another team and i'm like well that's not what i'm doing i'm not promoting i was like that score is like i look at it from the angle I'm like like me at some point someone's gonna score a certain amount of goals and i'm like oh i wonder what the record is and i'm keeping that record like i'm trying to gather this stuff and keep it so like people know and like i'm not you know i'm not making a judgment on whether or not you know any of these scores like was it right was it wrong because honestly i don't believe there's really an answer to that like it, I don't even think it's the right question to ask, to be honest with you. But it's like one of those things. Like from my perspective, I'm like someone's going to be curious on what this record is, or how many, like what the most goals scored in a game is. And like for me, I'm like as someone who is trying to digitize the sports history, I'm like, well, I have to do it, whether or not. And to be honest, like Brother Rice didn't give two whatevers that they were going to be number one on this list. Like I, I've never been in contact. Like I've, I've talked to the coach at brother rice a couple of times, but it's not a school that I really have a lot of contact with. So like, I'm sure they probably weren't even aware. They might not even know that they have the record. So like, I'm sure they didn't care. Um, but you know, I found it. I have it. It's one of those things like it's there, but it's just one of those like, so like, I, I guess I don't buy into the opinion that because it's on my site or I'm publishing it, that it's, a motivation for teams because I truly do not think I, I I guess I'm not egotistical enough to think anybody's on the sideline and be like oh the record for most goals scored in a game is this according to lax record so we want to break that goal or that record like maybe it's been uttered but in my opinion like I really don't think that's really anybody's on anybody's mind in the in the heat of the moment right well you know if you're doing it against a team that's way inferior it's like being a bully yeah. If it was Brother Rice putting it on Detroit Central Catholic or Forest Hill Central or something, <laughs> you know, they're big players, other all the other the big players and they're right. I can see it saying, We wanna do that. I yeah. you know, that's the I wanna step on their throat. Yeah. But if it was like a team that just started and had nine players, that's a little weird. And you know, knowing Brother Rice and following Brother Rice, they're a great team. Yeah. They they are a disciplined team and it's not like I would have to see what the circumstances were for that because it's it's out of character for them. They're yeah. a great team. Yeah. Uh, and it could have been one of those like it, it could have been a situation where they were up twenty after the first quarter and the third string played the rest of the game. And it's right. like, all right, what are you what are you gonna do? Like I don't know the situation surrounding that game. So, again, nuance. You can't right. you can't look at the score and tell you like that was bad sportsmanship because I have no idea. Like far as I know, they had the water boy playing. Like they might've had the stat right. kid playing at some point in the game. They're like, you what know, year was that game? 2017. So that was two years ago. Yeah. Not that yeah, long I was, ago. I was like, so, so those kids, there's kids still on that team. Yeah. So, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking it might've been a couple years before that and said, Oh, how many did Sergio Perkovic have? <laughs> you know, he, he could have come and fired it from, from the midline and boom, popped it in. So and, yeah, I mean, it, knowing that team and knowing and knowing how disciplined their team is and how disciplined their coaches are um and knowing players on that team still to this day that's out of character so there's more to that story yeah. i mean it could have been right their third string yeah and at that case you know you have to beat them in the first half yeah and then in the second half you play your thing and it just happens it's, and and it's i guess weird yeah I also look at it as like I guess I'm a little bit of a believer in karma. Like you mentioned the Miami Notre Dame thing, I'm like, all right, Jimmy Johnson, like maybe he he stepped on Miami or stepped on Notre Dame's throat. And I'm like, 
Miami fans, like, as much as you enjoy it, you better be okay with it whenever Notre Dame does the exact same thing to you a little bit, you know, years later. Oh, I, it's like you get you can't you can't you can't be okay with it when Miami does it and then rail against it when Notre Dame does it. I mean, like you got like, all right, you know, we did it to them, I guess we had it coming. Like, you know, there's gonna be a year where like they're just that much better and kind of thing. It's like so it's like it it'll come back around and it always does, although Lou Holtz quit playing the, uh, Miami. So, I guess that's I mean, one Again, <laughs> this, goes, this goes a lot farther back. I, I've literally talked to players from, that, from, from Notre Dame about the Miami game where my, Notre Dame won. With the, I've said you cheated. I was at a game at Soldier Field when Miami got blown out by Notre Dame a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I was wearing all my Miami gear. <laughs> I got so much. And I said, Give, I'll, I'll take it. I'm yeah. not going to. I said, I would have run up the score in that in that game in that matchup. I would always run up the score if you could. Yeah, it's not like these are two bad teams. It's Notre Dame and Miami. Right. If one of the teams can run it up, run it up. Yeah. You know, Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> if it was Johns Hopkins, North Carolina, or Syracuse to Johns Hopkins, if you could run it up on your rival, and a blue blood. Yeah. That that. <clears throat> Your job is to stop me. You can't stop me. I'm not stopping for you. Yeah. There, I have no problem. But, like you said, the karma, I'll take the flip side. Yeah. You know, I've never once said in a game such as that, like a big-time save, like, oh, that's unsportsmanlike. I'd say, no, no, you need to stop it. Like a pro football game. I've yeah. never thought in a pro football game or a pro game of any level and said, oh, they're running up the score. Yeah. I know people have said it about Bill Belichick. With the Patriots, instead of kicking a field goal, they'd go for it on fourth and two yeah. and get a first down to score. I said, "You're pros. You get paid millions. Stop them." <laughs> yeah, that is stop them. And that's a completely different animal. But you know, I right. I think some of the underlying, um, I guess, philosophy for me still holds because you know, again, yeah, those guys they get to go home and sleep on their bed of money. <laughs> like, right. You know, they they they're they're going to be okay. But I have to believe, like, some of those guys were. High, they were all high school kids at one point, and they may have been on the other end of one of those games, and they know how it feels. And if they were lucky like me, they had some coaches that just took took a moment and took you aside and be like, "Your this moment will decide the man you are going to be." Like you, you can go and cower. Like he, he literally told us he was like, "Cause we all we were all legal driving age." He was like, "If you don't want to play this game, just get in your car and leave." And don't come back. He was like, because I'm not, he's like, I, he was like, I'm not, tr- like, not raising, but he's like, I'm not raising quitters. He was like, you're, he's like, if you don't want to play, just leave. He's like, you're not getting paid to be here. You're free to go. Like, you paid to be in this league. He's like, you can go. He's like, but if you're going to sit on this bench, you are going to try, or you're just going to sit here and take it. And he was like, and that's, he's like, those are your choices. He's like, and it was one of those moments, like, Nobody left, and it did spark us a little bit. We didn't win. It wasn't one of the, It's not going to be one of those, you know, great sports <laughs> moments where we came back from a 10, 10 run game. We got crushed. We lost by fifteen. Um, but you know, it's like everybody. You could tell everybody was kind of surprised that that moment happened, and everybody just kind of was like, "All right, you know, our pitcher went out and he threw a little bit harder, and guys were digging out, and we were trying to catch. You know, we weren't 
you know, everybody was trying a little bit harder. You saw a little bit more effort for the rest of the game, even though we got crushed. Like, honestly, that team could have beat us by 30. And it was just one of those moments where, like, it's it stuck with me. I mean, I was 17 at the time, and it stuck with me all these years. I'm not going to say how many years, but it stuck with me all those years <laughs> later. Um, so, it, it, so I always think about that whenever someone brings it up on Twitter about these various lists, like, oh, you know, the kids scored 21 in the game. They should have benched him. And I'm like, well, what lesson is that teaching? I'm like, oh, if you're too good, you get sat. I don't think that's a good lesson to be taught. I'm like, don't be right. too good. Like, it's there's a double-edged sword. I'm like, you got to realize we're talking about high school kids on both sides, the winning end, the losing end. But I think there's teachable moments, as I hear a lot of coaches say, on both sides of that result. And I think that's really what it comes for me. That's really what it comes down to. I'm like, and it really comes down to who the people are, who the coaches are. And, and obviously we're, we're not going to lie. Like I'm sure there's some of these games on this list where they might not have had the best intent. They might've been up and they were like, well, just, I hate this team. I hate this coach. Like, you know, it's like, there's, there's rivalries among coaches. Even if it's not rivalries among teams, the coach might've been like, I can't stand this guy. You know, he cut me off in traffic two weeks ago and, I'm, you know, I don't care. Like it has nothing to do with anything else. Maybe you just had a bad day at work. Like, you know, it's just so many, as you said, nuance, there's so many different factors that go into some of this stuff, but, um, I'm sure we would love to, I'm, I'm sure I will hear, but I would love to hear people's comments on what they think as far as like this sportsmanship and what they take and like what, and on what we said. So, you know, leave, leave comments for us on Twitter. If, uh, since we're going to be publishing this and on YouTube, you can go to the video on YouTube and leave comments down there, like wherever you want to hear it. I'd be very interested to hear what other people have to say. As always, we, we keep it positive and we try to not respond to the overtly negative. We're all about having a discussion, but obviously a adult conversation about these things that we can all, we can all agree to disagree at the end of the day and go on about our lives and be okay. Uh, so I think that's a good segue. So Michael, where, where can they find you online if they want to, if they have an opinion? Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MFW shy, MFW CHI short for Chicago. Uh, and uh, you could, you could email me at mward at laxrecords.com. And you can find me, obviously, at Lax Records on Twitter, Instagram. It's Facebook.com slash Lax Records. And, of course, LaxRecords.com. Everybody, have a week. All right. Thank you.